going on, guys? Welcome back to Wellish episode two. Happy Monday. We're making your Monday a little bit brighter by giving you some mm, not having to feel so much pressure on yourself. <laughs> Set your weekly goals, but don't kill yourself over them, kids. <laughs> it's your BFF, Sarah. That's right. I have now volunteered every single one of you to be my new BFF. So stick around and hang out with me because <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a time. At least I think I'm a hell of a time. <laughs> Let's get right fucking into it because I want to tell you guys what happened to me this week. So I am moving to North Carolina in a couple of weeks. That being said, I didn't want to be the regular pasty Chicago bitch that I am. And I wanted to be a little bit more sun-kissed, if you will. <laughs> so I've been going to the tanning beds at my gym. Here's the deal. I walked in like a couple weeks ago and this dude just like, pops his fucking head up over the machines like out, out of literally nowhere and fucking beelines it for me he comes up behind the desk and it's like do I know you from somewhere <laughs> and like I was like um maybe I grew up around here did you are you, do you live around here and he was like oh yeah me too and so I was like, what high school did you go to? And he told me and he went to like our rival high school. So I said, I asked him what year he graduated. And it turned out that we graduated in the same year. We had mutuals. So it's possible that that's how I know him. Of course, your girl had to do a full on FBI investigation to figure out who this man was. Um, and I'm not positive, but I think that he's somebody that used to try to like hit me up in the DMs. <laughs> so I wanted to tan and so they logged me into the girl like logged me into the system to tan and turns around and was like, Hey, gym guy, like he said his name, can you wipe down one of the beds for her? So of course he sees that it's me and he's like, Yeah, let me get right on to that <laughs> And so he starts walking towards the uh tanning bed and at this point I think like whatever, we just have this like friendly civil thing going on like we are like he says hello to me I say hello to him it's no big deal so I walk back and I'm just like being nice talking to him and then he's taking like a really long time to wipe down this bed so I am standing in the tanning room and I'm just kind of like awkwardly standing there like hi I'm just like fucking here waiting to be naked and he's like trying to make small talk with me truthfully I just felt like a little cornered in there because there's only one fucking door and I, I was facing it his back was to it and he wouldn't stop fucking talking to me but one of the things that he said as he was trying to make small talk with me was what I did for a living now let me tell you guys a quick little side story I went to a party with my mom a couple weeks ago where it's mostly people that are in their 50s and what entertains people in their 50s the most is to ask young people what they're doing with their life. So I saw people that I knew I there was childhood uh, friends parents that were there so like they were asking me those questions and I told them my nine to five job which is working in insurance. So like that was my answer. They know that I do other things on the side if they have social media because they see me posting or whatever else. They told me that they liked that, but like that's not technically my main source of income. And so that's not what I answer people with normally. I say my nine to five job. And I walked away from that situation not feeling very good about it. I didn't feel very good about myself because I felt like I didn't give an accurate depiction of who I am as a person. It's my job that I have to pay the bills. Like that's why I got the job in the first place was because I graduated in the middle of COVID and 
just needed to get a fucking job so I could get an apartment and whatever else. And now that's just where I'm at. And it's a great job that allows me to expand other avenues of opportunity like this podcast, like my coaching business, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a good fit for me, but it's not an accurate depiction of who I am. So that being said, I like I said, I didn't feel good about like telling people that because I felt it didn't accurately paint a picture of who I was. And essentially that's what I was doing at that point in time because they hadn't seen me in a very long time. So it's like, hi, I'm this young adult person trying to figure my life out, but this is what I'm doing. I just didn't, I didn't like it. So I felt like in the future, I don't have to answer what I'm actually doing. It's not like people are fact checking me. First of all, I could literally say I'm going to law school for all fucking people now. They like, it's not like it matters really. It's not like I was going to see those people again. So you can really say whatever you want. Now, obviously I'm a genuine person. I'm not going to lie to people, but that being said, I can say the things that I do. I can say that I'm in journalism. I can say that I'm a coach. I can say these things. So now I'm standing in this tanning bedroom with this random man starting to sweat because I know that I'm about to say something that I have never in my life said before. This man says, so what do you do for a living? And I started to do this like weird thing where my arms like curl inside of my body, like towards my head and like my eyes start darting everywhere around the room except looking at him. And I was like, I'm uh, a freelance journalist and a fitness coach. And he was like, oh, that's so dope. Like, that's like, what kind of training do you do? Do you train anybody here? We should catch a lift sometime. We should catch a lift sometime, blah, blah, blah. So like totally like a normal reaction. The second he leaves the room, the second he leaves the room, the door clicks shut instant anxiety, instant paralyzing anxiety. I was like, why did I just say that? Oh my God. Why did I say freelance? Why did I like, why did I get so uncomfortable? Why didn't I just like confidently say what I do? That is what I do. Oh my God. I couldn't handle it. I laid in the bed and I just stared at the fucking, well, I guess at the back of my eyelids, but I just like was staring in front of me like, oh my God, why would you say that you fucking moron? And It's just so funny because that's the same reaction, not to that extreme, but like I didn't feel good about answering the nine to five, but then I didn't feel good either about when I answered what I wanted to answer. But the difference is that I feel that I gave an accurate picture about who I am and I felt better about the second answer than the first answer so even though the second answer gave me anxiety it gave me anxiety compared to just like disappointment in myself which is what the first one kind of gave because the first one is not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life and the second one is so I feel like that really speaks to the reasoning behind your feelings Like I like when I turn around and I ask myself, like, why did the nine to five job answer upset me? It's like because that's not what I want to be doing with my life. Why did the journalism and coach answer absolutely throw me into an anxiety spiral? And that's 100 percent because I brought that to reality. I brought that answer into my present and. That's terrifying. (laughs) That's terrifying to like start to identify as somebody new, somebody 
completely doing something different than what I have been for the last couple of years. The insurance job is just so easy. It's so simple. It's so mindless where my journalism and my coaching are more vulnerable. They're more, this is what I'm doing. I'm going against the grain and I'm trying to do something different. And so it was scary to like say that and bring that out into reality. It falls into the same token as manifestation. And I wasn't 100% a believer in manifestation because I always thought that manifestation was like this like spiritual blessing fall upon you. It'll just happen. Fate, all of this kind of stuff that like if you ask for something enough, it'll just like appear. But that's actually not the way that it works. The way that it works is you are just continuously bringing it into existence. If I'm talking about my job and saying that to people that that's my career, I'm not only holding myself accountable because I'm telling people that that's what I'm doing, but I also am just continuing to identify as that and making that more realistic for myself. It's not so much to tell people that that's what I do. Like it's not to flex on people or like to make myself look better than if I was to be in insurance. Like that's not it at all. It's It's not saying one's better than the other. The difference is that that's what I want to be doing long term. And so that's what I want to bring into my reality. That's what I want to be talking to people about. And that is what manifestation truly is, is creating that reality for yourself, but actually having to create that reality for yourself. I talked to you guys last week about how I lived so much of my life inside of my head and that's what the goal is here now. Those are my action steps now is to stop living inside of my head, to stop pretending like this isn't actually happening in real life or that I want it to happen. Because if it's something that I want to happen, I have to speak that into existence to make that a reality for my own self. The living inside of your head thing is such a fear-based way of living and something that was so helpful for me to overcome the consistent living in fear is something that I heard from Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and I had watched one of her TED Talks. In the TED Talk, she says she was talking about her creativity and like how she knew what to write about. And she said that when she would like get stuck, that she would have to like sit there and figure out what's going on. And when she would realize that she was afraid, she pictured it like driving in a car. That fear can come, but fear has to sit in the back seat. Fear cannot play with the radio. He doesn't get to pick the snacks. He doesn't get to do anything except sit quietly in the back. He does not get to drive the car. That's the biggest thing is fear cannot drive. That sentence alone, like I was like, oh my God, because it's it's almost like when you're so afraid to do something, you feel like you're some it depends on the situation, but sometimes it almost feels like you're betraying yourself and allowing that fear to come with kind of makes it a little bit less scary because as we know, fear is something that is used to keep us safe. It's a good thing. It's not something that's a bad thing. It's not something that we want to get rid of entirely. And I think that that's a common misconstrued um notion is that we want to get rid of it. I have to be brave. I have to be courageous. Get rid of this fear all fucking together. I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be a fucking pussy like whatever else. But fear is a good thing. It's just we have to know how to control it, how to manage it. And that is a learned skill. And I think that that analogy of letting the 
comfier sit in the passenger seat of your car compared to in the driver's seat was so helpful. Let me tell you a story of when I actually applied this to my life. So I was going and meeting somebody at a bar and this was a bar again living at home for now before I moved to North Carolina. So I'm going somewhere in my hometown. So I'm going somewhere where I could literally see a bunch of people from my high school, which is the last thing that I want to do. So I'm meeting him at this bar and I'm sitting in the car, absolutely fucking terrified to go inside because I I just, I didn't want to see anybody I knew. I didn't want to do that like weird thing that you're like looking like, why are, why am I afraid of this? And I don't think I'm the only person that's afraid of this. Like in my brain, I like am meeting somebody somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to see me and they're going to see me looking around <laughs> for them. And I'm going to look fucking stupid as if like at any point in your life, you've ever been waiting for a friend and thought, oh my god <laughs> look at them looking for us <laughs> you're so stupid <laughs> like that's not realistic at all but for some reason I and I think I'm not alone in it have that fear so I was afraid of that and I the a thing that I do a lot when I get afraid or I get anxious is I then have the secondary feeling of fucking anger because I feel that way. Like the only thing that I wanted to do was get out of the car, throw my shoulders back and walk into that bitch like I owned the place and want it to look like confident and in control. But I was cowering in my car and that was making me so fucking mad, but I still couldn't like overcome that fear. And I think that that a lot of the time is because I was just trying to eliminate the fear altogether. Like I was like, all right, fuck this. You're not allowed to be afraid. <laughs> You're such an idiot. You're such a pussy for being afraid. Just do it. Just do it. And it's like, that's not, you know, it's not helpful. It's just the same respect as if like you were feeling sad or worried about something and somebody said, no, just get over it. Just get over it. It's no big deal. <laughs> like that, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. If anything, it makes it fucking worse. It makes you more mad. So don't do that to yourself is what I was kind of trying to tell myself. Then I remembered what Elizabeth Gilbert had said about how fear can come with, but it cannot drive. So picture me full on tribal chanting in my car. <laughs> fear can come with, but it can't drive. Fear can come with, but it can't drive. And yes, I do this. I do this. I have to talk to myself out loud. And the reason for that is because if I'm talking to myself out loud, it makes it so that I'm not thinking things in my head. It's literally impossible for me or I think anybody to say things out loud and still be having like thoughts inside of your head. Like obviously not 100% but because you have to think about what you're going to say. But pretty much you can't think and talk or whatever at the same time. That's also the reason I love to sing. I'm not a singer, but when I get upset, I'll like play music and I'll sing out loud so that I'm not thinking about it anymore. I'm just like singing a song, but I'm chanting in my fucking car. The guy, there's a guy pulls up fucking next to me. He looks over. I've got this like crazed look in my eye. I'm banging on my steering wheel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so I was chanting in my car and what did I do? I threw the fucking door open and I got my fucking ass in there and it didn't matter and everything was fine and it's like it never even happened at all because isn't that always what anxiety is is you feel like something bad is going to happen and it doesn't happen the way that you thought it was going to and you're fine literally that's how it works every single fucking time so it was fine so because you're probably like how the fuck does that relate to your tanning bed anxiety story it all is just coming from that fear-based place but being able to like take a step back and be brave makes 
it feel so much better. And it also makes me feel more deserving of what it is I am trying to accomplish. Like if I'm sitting there cowering away at what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm obviously not that I don't believe in it. And if I don't believe in something, why would I be executing it? So again, that's what I mean by like this being more vulnerable because it's something that I do believe in. It's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that very rawly shows who I am. Is Raleigh a word? I don't know. It is now. I can't eliminate the fear altogether. That's just like not ever going to be who I am. I'm very much a person that considers every every avenue of option. And most of the time I prepare for the negative worst case scenario outcomes. That's not a good habit to keep. But so far, that's what I've been dealing with. And so I kind of, instead of shitting on myself for having my thoughts be that way, I just try to navigate them in a different direction and think about what works for me because what works for me isn't to switch tracks entirely and be like, but let's think about the best case scenario instead. It's because like that's just not how my brain has worked for so long. So my brain's not wired to do that. Obviously, I can practice that and over time eventually develop that skill. But I need answers now for situations that are happening now. And that is where that those tactics come into play that like, okay, this feeling is allowed to come with me, but it can't control the situation. And it's not just fear. It goes for all feelings. You have to feel through these things. And that was another big learning point for me is learning that you have to feel through every emotion that you can't let them bottle up inside of you because it's not going to get you anywhere. And I think that that's a big issue of mine or was a big issue of mine is that I always think that I have to like overcome this massive issue. And it's like, I think that I'm going to be cured long term and be perfect long term. But the goal is to be perfect. The goal is just to like figure it out. And going back to like living in the present, all of that kind of stuff. Like you have to have an answer for now. And if that's the way your mind works now, of course, take the action steps over time to eventually develop it to think about best case scenarios. But right now I need to know how to get my ass out of the car and into this new situation. And that is going to be allowing my fear or allowing my embarrassment or allowing my sadness or allowing my happiness to come with me to whatever situation it is that I'm walking into. Something that I think is really interesting and really, in a sense, correlates to this. I was reading The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and it's a book about like awakening your subconscious. It's a book about realizing like your life's purpose. And one of the things that he says that I think is so fucking interesting, bear with me, I am not a church person. I don't, I don't want to say I don't believe in God. I just believe that there are several avenues of opportunity. There's endless opportunities of what could be after we die. I don't think that we do nothing after we die. I think there is something else out there. I just don't know what that is. So bear with me. But I was reading this book and he says in it that the actual translation of the word sin is missing the point of life. And I just like that blew my mind because a sin is such a, at that point, a misconstrued word because we just think of sin as a bad thing. And I mean, fuck, (laughs) it is a bad thing to miss the point of life. But looking at it from that perspective instead of like murder and cheating and 
gluttony and all of these things. It's just like, how many of us are sinning? Like, think about that. Okay, so you followed the basic rules of life. You didn't murder somebody and you're respectful to those around you, but you're missing the fucking point of your own life. And that is a sin. That is a sin in itself. That is what a sin is. It's the definition of a sin. And we just sit here and either coast through life and don't do anything about it, or we play victim on our life and allow the things that happen to us, the obstacles that happen to us to just happen and say that, oh, this happened to me. Oh, I can't have any control over my life because things are happening to me. And this was a Tony Robbins thing to look at things that happen to you in life as opportunities rather than obstacles. I love that mentality. I love that analogy. But sometimes that's just like not how it feels in the moment, bro. And that's what I mean by like needing a solution for the now so that you can continue to develop in the long term is like, sure, eventually I would love to look at my obstacles as opportunities. But right now, that asshole fucked me over. Why is this happening to me? What did I do to bring this into my life, to bring this into my reality? What did I do to deserve that? And where are you going to go from there? Yes, long term, somebody fucking you over, taking a step back and saying, damn, now I have the opportunity to meet somebody that fucking loves me, that fucking will worship the ground that I walk on. But in that moment, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking, how can I fucking ruin this person's life like they ruined mine? I think that this all ties back into just instant gratification and entitlement. We think that we are supposed to achieve this long-term goal now that we're supposed to be developed versions of ourselves now. And just like when I was talking about last week, it being a process like with fitness, it's all a process. It's just like simply having that ideology in the back of your mind, like putting that in your back pocket for the future, just knowing that, like just even me just saying it to you right now, now you have that inside of your brain And you can revisit that concept whenever you want of obstacles over opportunities or that you should be brave and not fearful. Like you can have these ideologies of who you want to become long term or what you want to follow long term. But that doesn't mean that you need to have those now. It's completely asinine to expect for yourself to have those now because can you picture, let's use a relationship. You want to be in this wonderful relationship immediately, but you haven't done any of your own healing you are going to not know how to navigate that relationship. And I'm speaking that from firsthand experience. When you meet somebody that absolutely does what you want them to, but you have your own traumas that you're constantly putting onto that person, you're creating wounds in the relationship because of unhealed trauma of yours, because you didn't allow yourself to go through this process of becoming a better version of yourself and then getting into this wonderful relationship that you eventually want it to turn to. Wanting it now isn't going to make that relationship wonderful. It's going to make it more chaotic. Same thing for a career. Can you imagine if you were handed an entire CEO worthy company, multi-million dollar company right now? What would you would have no idea what to fucking do. You've had no training, no experience, no anything. And the idea of instant gratification is totally entitled. It's entitled to think that you would receive those things and then 
be successful and know what you're supposed to be doing. So the same thing with these emotions and being at this elevated state of consciousness, you can't be at that point instantly because you haven't gone through the process to get there. You have to, again, come up with the things that you can do now to just help yourself in the situation now that reflect your long-term goal. Like saying, okay, fear, you can come with, but you can't drive. And if you do that enough times, I would fucking be willing to bet that you're not going to be fearful anymore. You're not going to go up. And I can honestly say that now I walk up to places and I'm fine. It's not like, it's not like, obviously maybe I still feel like a little tinge of unease, but it's not like I feel like totally crippled at the knees and I can't attend anything. I used to feel like that about going places alone. Like I would not go to a restaurant alone or anything like that. And when I started doing that, it's like you feel so good about yourself almost, or at least I felt so good about myself. Like I felt like accomplished. Like I felt independent. I felt like I don't need anybody. I can just, I want it sushi. I'm going to fucking sit in this sushi restaurant, even though the fucking guy at the door was like, just one, just one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just one. Fuck you. <laughs> just for me. And um, honestly, even just going like I'm not I am not for the love of God, a multitasker. So like I went and like was trying to like read a book while I was sitting there, but it didn't work for me. I didn't have enough hands. <laughs> so I literally just like sat there and I ate. It was peaceful. It was nice. And then I left and I felt accomplished. I felt like I did something good for myself and I was proud. And I think that something so simple like that is so fucking dope like how easy it is to make yourself feel good about yourself it doesn't have to be so extravagant it doesn't have to be accomplishing this like major feat of thinking and rearranging your mind and rewiring your mind to be a hundred percent different in one day it's going to rewire over time think about yourself when you were 14 compared to now obviously you're a different person even if 14 was fucking three years ago for you or four years ago if you're 18 or you're 50 and that was several years ago, you're obviously a different person. You have different mentalities because through the things that you've experienced and the processes that you've completed over time, you have grown. It's as simple as that. We are so intelligent and I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for how smart we really are. Like we feel when we can't accomplish these things that it's a testament to our capabilities and who we are as people. But I actually think it's complete opposite that we are so intelligent that we can conceptualize what we are capable of, but we overthink it so much. We have such high expectation of what it is our life is going to become but there's no way to ever predict exactly how situations are going to play out and we almost drive ourselves crazy because we are planning and creating these ideas so much that it starts to become to a fault it's great to have these ideas of who you want to become and you should have the ideas of who you want to become but don't drive yourself crazy with your intelligence just because you are able to think about who you who it is you want to be or what it is you want to accomplish that's fucking great but you have to be able to dial it back and think about what thing you have to do every single day in order to get closer to that goal and if that one thing is saying that fear can get in and can't drive then so be it so that means that I'm still overall a fucking pussy <laughs> but at least I went and I accomplished that one thing because I allowed it to come with maybe eventually he'll get fucking bored and get out of the car entirely or maybe not but at least I'm controlling my life and not fear or not whatever emotion it is that you're driven by 
Switching gears a bit here, I had promised you guys last week that I would talk to you about motivation, how to stay motivated all of the time, how motivation is literally fake and it's not going to be what drives your success. Just like anything else, just like what we were just talking about, it's an emotion that you have to feel through. It's not some set in stone secret sauce that's going to get you everywhere that you want to be in life. There is no secret. There is no like special thing that you're not doing that other people are other than just putting action into what you want to achieve. The people that are motivated, quote unquote, are just people that decide every day to take an action step towards the person that they want to become. But the person you want to become, you're never going to reach that person. I mean, maybe you will. But if you're anything like me, you are always going to be striving for better. And that doesn't mean striving for the next best thing. It's just always trying to grow and expand and become a better version of yourself. It's not so much to say that the version of yourself now isn't good enough. It's just always having that growth mindset. Matthew McConaughey said that his biggest role model was him 10 years from now and that he'll never meet his role model, but that he's always striving to become a better version of himself. And again, that does not mean that the version of yourself right now is not good. It does not mean that you're doing something wrong. It just means you always want to grow. I've said that 300 times now, but like it's all that it means. It's not it's not something negative. And I say that so many times because I always thought that that meant that that meant I'm doing something wrong that right now is not good enough. And you have to be able to put the person that you want to become on the back burner. It's there. It's cooking, it's brewing, we want to put focus into it, but we're allowing it to brew over time. We're enslaving over the pot that's on the front burner in front of us, which is what's happening to us right now. That being said, you have to have the discipline to continuously chip away at the things that you do want to accomplish. So with motivation, you can't rely on those bursts of emotion. They come in the same way that happiness, sadness, anger, embarrassment, those all do. It's an emotion. It's just like those other things. So you have to find what's going to continuously make you feel like you want to take those action steps. So there are two different types of motivation, extrinsic and intrinsic. Extrinsic are those bursts. They're when you go online and you see an aesthetic video of somebody cooking something and you think that you are going to become a recipe master and get a recipe book and make dinner every single night and be this wonderful cook. And then Three days later, you ran out of ingredients and you're bored and you don't feel like going to the grocery store and now you feel like a fucking garbage pit because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Extrinsic motivation is when you're doing something because you want to get something out of it. Like, for example, you want to be skinny because you think that that's going to make you love yourself more. Or you want to suck that guy's dick because you think that that means that he's going to love you if you do that. In both of those scenarios, it's probably not enough. Like, sure, if you give some mean head, yeah, he might be like, damn, I love it. But he might love the head. He probably doesn't love you because if you're not meeting his hierarchy of needs and not doing anything else but giving some bomb head, it's not going to do anything. All he's going to do is be calling you so that you can fuck him. It's not going to make him want to spend the rest of his life with you. It might be an attribute that he appreciates if, like, that is if you do meet his hierarchy of needs and you also give head but that's the thing is that you have to do more than just that simple 
task, like the losing of weight. Just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're automatically going to love yourself. Sure, maybe you feel better in your skin than you did before, but my guess is going to be that you have more healing to do than just losing some weight. You're going to have to lose the weight of all of your trauma as well. And the things that you experienced because of you not liking the way that you looked. That's great that you want to have those goals and those those both of those things are great to do. You should be giving great head and you should be like losing weight if both of those things are things that you want to do with your life. But to think that those are the solutions to all of your problems, that's just it's not going to be and it's not going to come to fruition for you. It's not going to give you the results that you were hoping the motivation would. Intrinsic motivation is what is going to give you those results. Intrinsic is when people say enjoy the journey. This is that journey. It is finding the joy in the process of it. So for example, I have a client that has a really big weight loss goal and we were trying to figure out how to incorporate some of her old habits into her current life so that it doesn't make it so hard to accomplish the goal and to make sure that she keeps the weight off after she loses it. We want to make this as sustainable as possible. But the problem is with such a big weight loss goal, you have to be so diligent and you can start incorporating those sustainable habits once you are in the maintaining phase. But in this first weight loss phase, she has to be unbalanced. She has to give her absolute all into losing this weight because that's what she wants. That's what she wants to accomplish. She has a date in mind and she has a number in mind and she's going to work her fucking ass off to get there. So when I was talking to her and we were trying to incorporate those things into her life, I was like, but wait a second, isn't this what you want? Isn't this what you want to lose the weight? And she was like, yeah. And it's like, so then aren't you going to enjoy doing the things that are going to help you get you what you want? And she was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to continue to do things from your old life just because that's what you're comfortable with and what you're used to. It's going to be uncomfortable because you're going to be doing things differently than you normally do them. You're changing your life because you have to change your life. You can't keep doing the same things that you've been doing and expect different results. That's the definition of insanity. You have to be able to find that intrinsic motivation that I want this long-term goal, so I'm going to take these action steps every single day to get me to this long-term goal because it's something that I want inside. It's not something that I think I'm going to gain because I accomplished it. That's it for today. I am going to come back to you guys next week. We're going to talk a little bit about self-trust. So we're going to talk a little bit more about relationships, which is fun. How my self-trust was absolutely obliterated into thin air and how we're working on gaining it back every single day. I am trying to rebuild all the time my self-trust from literally shit that has been happening to me since I was a kid all the way up to like romantic relationships today. I am working on getting those interviews going. I would really like to incorporate other people's perspective into our show and start learning a little bit more from other people's experience and not just my own. So you can look forward to that as well. Other than that, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Sarah Ritt. And you can now follow Wellish on Instagram, which is at Wellish Podcast. So check those out. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Have a great week. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself and be (laughs) well-ish. Bye, guys. (laughs) 